0: You need to love yourself first. Um, As women, we have been programmed to believe that it's our job to serve, to serve other people, to take care of other people first. Um, You need to remember that self-love is not selfish. You have to be able to put yourself first because you cannot know your worth if you're not in love with who you are.
1: Hello, friends! Welcome back to another episode of the Vero Podcast. Today, I have a really special treat for you guys. I have my dear friend Stacy Foley on the Vero Podcast, and I have to say, this has to be one of my most favorite favorite episodes that uh, I've recorded because Stacy is a motivational speaker who comes from a wedding industry background. She was the editor. Joy Wed, and she has found her calling in motivational speaking and helping women find their self worth and find what they deserve. And talks all about authenticity and how to fight those demons down that we all have in our daily lives, and how to you know, deal with the comparison game, how to deal with bullying, how to deal with, you know, all the fears that we have as creative women or just creatives in general. I am... So thrilled to have her on today. Stacy actually came to Vero, Nashville years ago, and she came as Joy Wed um, and represented her brand. And I'm so happy to say today that she is coming as herself and as the light that she is. And she is going to rock your socks off this episode. I can assure you of that. She, uh, like I told her, I am ready to go and conquer the world after listening to her and and hearing her wisdom and I'm just so honored that she's on today so I hope you guys enjoy it and like and subscribe of course and please leave us a comment and let us know how you guys are liking season two of the podcast because we would love to know so you guys enjoy A podcast for artists to grow and learn the real truth of being a creative entrepreneur. The Vero podcast hosted by Kelly Berry. Thank you so much for coming on the show today. Oh, I so much appreciate it. So, I told our little bit our listeners a little bit about you before you came on. Great. So, I'd love to go ahead and just jump in to your story how you got started. I know um, I said before that I met you at the Vero Nashville, Mm -hmm. and so you were in kind of a totally different phase of your life, so I'd Mm -hmm. love for you to kind of start from the beginning and, you
0: know, take us through. Sure, so um, first of all, thank you for having me. I'm so excited. I started my career 10 years ago, actually, in the creative industry. And I was a wedding planner uh, who turned into a stylist, who actually, I had quite an incredible styling career. Um, I had the opportunity to travel lots and to meet a lot of really incredible people. And then about five years ago, I decided to start a wedding blog. Um, I've always had a love for fine art photography, for film photography. And it just sat on my heart to sort of create this space and so I started a wedding blog. That's how I got the opportunity to meet you at Vero, and was yes. so honored to come and speak. And I have to tell you that that actually was the start of a turning point for me. I'm um, getting the chance to speak in front of a group of women. Um, it really inspired my heart to know that that was going to be on my path later in life. Right. And then as my own journey developed, um, I am a, obviously a very open and honest person. So I got sober just about a year ago. Mm-hmm. Um, I was a longtime opioid addict. And so through sobriety, I realized that I was starting to feel this shift within myself to not necessarily be in the industry the way that I had been. So I started to understand that what I really wanted to focus on was the women that were within our industry, the women that put themselves into the weddings every day, they put themselves into their clients, they serve and they serve and they serve, but they forget to serve themselves. And so Mm -hmm. my shift started to sort of transition into less being a part of the wedding industry from a planner standpoint and more being a part of the industry as an educator. And another really big shift that came with came to me with the blog was that I felt that I was telling people whether or not they were good enough and it didn't yeah. sit well with me. I didn't like having this ability to control whether or not people felt like they were enough based on whether or not they got their work featured. Mm -hmm. It always felt a little bit wrong to me. And so as the shift started, where I started to want to educate women about self-worth and honoring who they are and their purpose in life and their calling, I realized that by being somebody who told people whether or not they could be featured, I was essentially telling people whether or not they were good enough. And that was not okay with me. Mm
1: -hmm. So I made the
0: decision to stop blogging. I made the decision to take a shift into educating um, and into becoming a motivational keynote speaker. And truthfully, I have never looked back.
1: That's amazing. That is, I honestly... I mean, you know, I feel like, you know, social media, you know, I, I know we keep up with each other over social media, but I think that's so different than talking to somebody, you know, um, every single day. And I had, you know, I'm so proud of you for being sober. I think that's absolutely incredible. Um, I, I totally admire you and, um, but I can definitely see how that would be an internal struggle. And I, I've always wondered that from a photographer's standpoint when it comes to being an editor of a blog and or a, a publication or anything like that, if that kind of takes a toll on you. And uh, I, I've always wondered that. And I and I because I can definitely see that I know as a photographer personally you know although you do submit to so many places and you know you do your best not to let it get to you it does it definitely does so I think that that's a really amazing um amazing thing that you've found your calling from you know and you never I mean I you never would have found it without Joy Wed. so I think that's really cool very cool So how were you adjusting to being outside of the wedding world? Is that, are you enjoying it?
0: It's been great. It's been a learning experience, but for me, I'm still, I would say 95% within the creative industry. Um, And I think the reason for that is because it's where my soul lives. You know, I think for us as women, most of us are creatives. Most of us are in some form of a creative job or some form of a creative entrepreneurialship journey. And so I still primarily am with creatives. Um, and most people fall somewhat of a degree into kind of that wedding industry. So um, I'm still here and I'm still a part of it and I'm still a part of the creative industry. You know, in time, things may transition and I may end up speaking at different types of events. But Mm -hmm. right now, my heart still lives with creative women because I am a creative woman. And so I feel like it's easy for me to relate to them and understand their psyche and understand where they come from. So Mm -hmm. um, I'm still very much a part of it. All of the speaking gigs that I have so far for this year are still very much all wedding industry. Um, And I love it because I was somebody who lived here for 10 years. I was somebody who was on the other side of it. So, um, you know, I feel that these women are a part of my heart.
1: Yeah. Well, and I think as creative women, I mean, I think it's so nice to have somebody that has such a strong wedding background and that can actually relate to what we go through on a daily basis because i think you know of course i try and talk to my husband and you know anybody in the corporate world and it's such a different beast it's so different than any other industry um not just the wedding industry but the creative industry in general um because you deal with a lot of personal um, anguish, a lot of personal turmoil, a lot of comparisons, which we'll talk about, um, you know, later in the show. But that's, I mean, I can definitely see how people could resonate with you and connect with you because you do have such a strong background because you've lived that life. You know exactly um, what it's all about and the, uh, all the struggles and, and thing, the great things that come with it, too.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I I think that's something that I will always, uh, I think it's an industry I'll always be a part of. There's no way I couldn't be just because I understand, I understand so much of the the pain and the self-doubt and the comparison and the judgment and all of the things that that these women go through. So for me, it's, it's right where I belong.
1: Right, right. So I, you know, like you said earlier, and like the show is all about where I'm all about, and I know you're all about being real and authentic and true to yourself. And so did you have, you know, you know, what did that look like for you? You know, when you made that transformation out of Joy Wed into really embracing this new career in your life? How did that look for you? Hard.
0: (laughs) It was so hard. It was terrifying. At first, it was terrifying because I think that we live our, our lives trying to be what other people expect us to be. And, you know, I spent a long time trying to be like the other, you know, editors that I'd looked up to. And I realized that I just, it wasn't me and and I'm not them. And that's what makes me unique. So it Mm -hmm. took me time to feel comfortable enough to say, okay, this is not where I belong. This is not, where my soul's purpose lives. And I need to be able to start discovering what that looks like for me. So it was scary at first, I wish that I could say that it was just easy, but it wasn't. That's not reality. It was difficult. Um, But for me, it came down to, do I want to live my life from a space of joy and contentment? Or do I want to live my life from a space of fear? So often we stop ourselves from being authentic, because we so badly crave other people's approval. And when we can stop worrying about what other people might think about us and think about our decisions, then that's when we can live authentically. And for me, that's what I had to realize was that it didn't matter if people, it's this perception of failure. You don't want people to perceive that you failed at something just because you switched. And I realized at the end of the day that doesn't matter how people perceive me because I'm unhappy. And to be happy, I have to be able to do what I know sits on my heart. And so
1: mm-hmm.
0: I made the change. I got over this fear of, of failure. And as I did and started to really become an expert in self-worth, I realized that that's all fear is. It's just sitting in the space of feeling like we're not worthy enough. And right. I had to work through all of that stuff. And then, you know, this transition became a beautiful part of who I am, but it took time and it was scary. And then eventually I was like, you know what? I don't care. I don't care what people think because to me it didn't matter. What mattered more was, was stepping into my purpose.
1: Right. That's amazing. I mean, I know that, I know that I deal with, deal with that all the time. And I feel like I try to live a very authentic life and, you know preach that and preach that to my followers and to my audience and but you know at the end of the day it's it's not easy you know I think the especially the further I get into my career it's hard for me to um yeah really showcase who I am because you know of all of these people that that you're afraid of being judged by and it's so stupid I mean it's Mm -hmm. honestly so stupid but And, you know, there's I I do follow Sean Strong. Yep. Okay. so he was on the show last week and he I was singing his praises so much. And I always do because he's one of the few people that I follow that are truly authentic to themselves. And it's so inspiring. And he uh, has built this amazing following just as you have and you guys just inspire me so much and i like i said i i try to preach my best to be authentic but some days it's just tough you know some days are not pretty and some days are really hard and mm-hmm. scary and all of the above so i think that that's uh, that's really amazing that you have you know i i know i follow you religiously and i love all the all of the motivating stuff that you put out every single day because it gets me it gives me a kick in the ass to really just get over all of those demons that we all have.
0: Yeah, so. and I think authenticity is difficult even for those of us that try to live in a space of authenticity. I mean, my word for 2020 was authentic and it was because even myself, who you know prides myself on showing up as I am, I still realized that there was parts of myself that I was holding back. Um, and again, it comes back to you know you worry about if people are going to be able to handle you. You know, um, I've been told my whole life I'm a whole lot to handle, and so you you kind of restrict those sides of yourself. But I think it's the bad days and it's the the shitty days and the days that you are struggling it's sharing those stories. That's what keeps you authentic. It's sharing that it's not perfect. It's sharing that you're struggling emotionally. It's, it's sharing that you're struggling mentally when you're able to open up that side of you and we can get rid of this idea of perfection. That's when we can start to be authentic. You know, you can't, you can't be perfect and authentic at the same time. It doesn't, it's not real. Um, so for me, I had to give up this idea of of perfection and realized that it was more important to me to be authentic and to share my struggle with people. Um, and the very first time I did so, it was scary as hell, but people were like, Oh my God, I had no idea, you know, and then it opens up this, this box of other things and other people and other experiences that come into your life. So being authentic is hard for everybody, even those of us that pride ourselves on it, but it's just showing up, you know, you just have to keep showing up every day, even when it sucks, even when you're struggling, even when you're on the bathroom floor crying, And you just have to have your ability to share that with people so that they know that they're not alone. Right, yeah.
1: And I think that that's... That's so true. And I, I feel like I do, uh, with my Vero audience, I really do. I feel like I show up as real and authentic as, as possible, but you know, my, my brand and my photography business is always so much harder for me to do that just because I do feel like the comparison game is so strong and you're, okay. uh, you're worried about the, Uh, how people are going to perceive you, you know, Mm -hmm. are they going to think less of you or are they going to think you're not as professional or that, you know, you're not going to be able to handle, you know, the job at hand or whatever, you know, all the things that go through your mind at one time. So, and I know that, uh, you know, at the, at Vero, we always talk about that and we always talk about, um, you know, trying to, to beat down those demons as much as we possibly can, because at the end of the day, you know, we're doing this because we love it. Mm -hmm. And I think that's, what's going to bring us good fortune and wealth in the, in the end. Absolutely. And I know uh, we just were slightly talking about comparison and, and you know, that's something that I always like to bring up on the show because I think it's a topic that we all really struggle with. And, you know, in your, I guess I'd love to hear even in Joywed's history and and where you are in your life now, you know, how you handled that and
0: um, how you dealt with that on a day-to-day basis. Yeah, so I definitely found um, as a creative, my need to compare was significantly stronger. Um, I struggled with comparison a lot because you are constantly looking to Um, you know, you look at somebody else's success and you wonder why you're not there yet. And you look at where somebody else is and you think to yourself, well, why don't I have that? Um, And as a designer and even as an editor, you know, I wanted to be like the other big wedding blogs. I wanted to be farther ahead in my career. I wanted more people to submit to me. And so I struggled hard with comparison. And as a creative, I think it's just something that that we all go through. But as I've transitioned into, you know, becoming somebody who literally dives so deeply into self-worth, it's changed everything for me. And I actually no longer live in a space of comparison. And I think the reason is because, you know, when we compare ourselves to others, it's really our insecurities and our lack of worth that we're dealing with. We have to start by paying attention to why we find ourselves in comparison mode. So for example, you know, as a photographer, if you constantly find yourself comparing your journey to another photographer's, you have to really take a moment and ask yourself, what is it about their life and their journey and their business that I feel like I'm missing in mine? Because comparison is really just us coming from a place of lack. It's mm-hmm. us feeling like there's something missing. Maybe it's, you know, a lack of success or a lack of joy or even a lack of purpose. And, you know, so when you're comparing yourself, you have to question what you feel like you're lacking, because our, our sense of worth is often tied to this feeling. And we never think that we're doing enough, or achieving enough, or that we're good enough. And so when you find your ability to know that you are enough, just as you are, then that's when you stop feeling the need to compare yourself, and you're able to start finding a sense of contentment. So to me it was realizing that you know I compared myself because I actually wasn't living in my purpose I wasn't mm-hmm. doing what I was meant to and I constantly felt the need to be doing more and and becoming more accomplished because I wanted people to recognize who I was but I didn't know who I was right and so I had to figure that out first and once I figured out who I was and what my purpose was here and what I wanted to do with my life. I stopped. You know, I don't worry about who else is speaking where. I don't worry about, you know, what other motivational speakers do or authors or anything like that because I know right now I'm standing exactly where I'm meant to and that my journey will go as it's supposed to. So, it came with with personal development and growth mm-hmm. and now I find that I don't live in that space but as a creative, oh Oof! I struggled with that all the time. Mm
1: -hmm. Yeah, it's it's a tough world out there. I mean, in the creative industry. And I think that, again, that it's so great that you have had these experiences and can relate to others that are going through that. Because like I said before, you know, I talk to a lot of people and it's, it's so interesting to hear different people's mentalities outside of this industry and you can only really relate to them so much because they haven't gone through it personally. So they don't, they don't know. I mean, I think in, in corporate, you know, you didn't get promoted or, you know, whatever, I mean, it's not because of something that you produced personally. And I think that that's such a diff. When you start, um, you know, dealing with things like that, it just makes it a whole... It just takes it to a whole nother level. And so, yeah, it's it's so... I think that this, you know, this path for you is just so great. And I know that you're... I know it's going to be a huge success for you. I mean, it already is. Thank you. You're welcome. But I also, this is a topic that I really am excited to talk about because it is such a big forefront um, of our society right now, and that's mental health. And I've had my own experiences um, with mental health and dealing with, um, you know, struggles of that. I have a husband who suffers from, um, depression and anxiety. And, um, so we have been through, um, a lot of turmoil because of it. And especially with inside the creative industry, I know that this is, I wish it, I wish it was talked about more. I wish it was, I wish it was something that was brought more to the forefront because I don't feel like it could be talked about enough, Um, so I'd love to just, you know, kind of start the conversation there and hear about the experiences of your clients and people that you've connected with. And, you know, is, if that's something that you see on a daily basis.
0: All the time. Um, I think that, you know, mental health is something that is so taboo still and, it's something that's not spoken about that needs to be. And I completely agree that it's something that should be brought up more often. Um, I don't know that I've met very many creatives who honestly don't suffer with some form of of a mental negative space or a mental health issue. or And I think that the reason behind it is because creatives are different. We are not programmed or wired the same way as other people are, mm-hmm. um, and I say that in the sense of my husband and I are complete opposites. He is a type personality. He's an operations manager. Um, he is somebody who believes that there's a solution to every problem, and he is the first one to try to fix it. I right. am a person who, you know, flies by the seat of my pants. I'm driven by my heart, and so I think we are the exact example of the difference between a creative and a non-creative. Mm-hmm. Creative people live in a very different mindset and we take everything so personally because we are putting our souls into our work. Mm-hmm. And you know, I think that the problem with creatives and mental health is I think it's a two-fold problem. Number one, I think we spend a lot of time alone. We spend a lot of time in our computers. We spend a lot of time in our home offices. We spend a lot of time truthfully in our own minds. Mm -hmm. And if your mind is not in a space of positivity or empowerment or inspiration, then you are finding yourself feeling down a lot of the times because you don't communicate with anybody else during the day. And so that in itself can be a big factor to mental health. I think that the second part of it is the feeling this need for comparison and how we speak to ourselves, how we look at what other people do and how we look at our own worth and what we do. You know, our inner mental dialogue as creatives is a huge, huge part of whether or not we succeed in this industry and whether or not we keep our heads cranked on straight.
1: Mm -hmm. Because
0: when you see somebody else featured or you, you know, you put your work out into the world and it doesn't get this response that you expected. You think, well, I'm not good enough. My work Mm -hmm. is crap. Mm -hmm. I can't do this. This isn't enough. And we put ourselves into this negative mental spiral. And I think that that is oftentimes the start of how we start to sometimes roll downhill and we roll downhill really fast. And, you know, being a creative, it is a very high, low, Um, peak and valley industry so Mm -hmm. you can't always be at the top and I think people have to really remember that you know when we get to the top we you know we've had our work featured or we've picked up five new clients or we've been asked to you know do something that we've always wanted to do or we create this phenomenal shoot that goes viral and we live up there in this in this high spot and then we come back down to what's reality and what's a little bit sometimes below reality, which is the daily mundane and you get stuck there for a few months and then you're like, Oh, I'm never going to succeed again. I can't do this. I don't know <laughs> yes. how to do this. This is hard and I can't get past this. And this person's doing better than I am. And why don't, and you, you fall back into this mental spiral and then you end up at the top again. And then you're like, you're as, as high as a kite. You're living on life. Things are great. And then you fall back down. So I think that creatives have to understand, first of all, that that's normal and being in a peak and valley kind of industry you have to get used to the fact that you can't always be on top it's cyclic it's going to come and go and it's part of your journey and it's part of what you're doing and i always tell people you know when i stand in front of women and speak and i say if you feel like you're stuck you have to find a new inspiration you have to find something that Uh, inspires you to do something you haven't done before, or puts you in a place that you've not been before. So for example, if you find yourself, you know, feeling stuck and unmotivated, get out of your house, get out of your pajamas, And put yourself into the world surrounded by people in a place that maybe you normally wouldn't go. And sometimes that can spark something inside of us to start to feel re-inspired. It's why I believe that all creatives should work out of their home, like outside of their home at least Mm -hmm. two days a week. Whether it's a coffee shop, whether it's a shared workspace, you have to be able to keep your mental game on point because we as creatives are very self-doubting and we are very self-sabotaging. And so we have to be able to really talk to ourselves from a positive place to be able to keep ourselves moving forward um, and to be able to lift ourselves up when we're feeling down because it happens all the time and people have to realize it's it's not just you. Don't beat yourself up for it. Just pick yourself up and keep going.
1: Right, right. Wow, so true though. I mean, it's... (laughs) I know that I am definitely guilty of spending too much time at home and I think at first when I first got started in this industry it was such because I'm a very social person and so it was a huge shock to me that a lot of my work was going to be on my own and it took me a really long time to get adjusted to that and you know I also never thought of it in the way that we do spend a lot of time in our own minds and Mm -hmm. I think that that is where some of the most beautiful things come out of but where the most darkest demons art present so they yes mm-hmm. <laughs> it's so true mm-hmm. it's so true and uh yeah I mean it's it's I know that it's a very it's so interesting because I feel like I you know doing the education and I I know that you deal and work with so many amazing people it's it's so interesting to me how many different people in the creative industry have similar but very different issues you know and I think it all stems from you know I know that my personal um anguish has always come from like a lot of history in my past of not being um the way that I was raised of not feeling like you know my my choices and my career were gonna ever be good enough they were never going to be good enough it was I was never going to make enough money I was never going to get the um, you know fame quote-unquote or the lifestyle that I wanted so I think that that's always been a huge driving force to me but it also has been a huge detriment because it has made a lot of things suffer in my life, you know, a lot of my relationships and, and those kind of things. So, and then I have, I deal with people who have the opposite problem, who can't even get started because of the, the extreme fear of, of failing. So we all have these different issues that we're dealing with, you know, from our past, from our present. Um, so it's, it's, it's tough. It's, it's just not. And I, and like we both said, I wish it was something that we all talked about more because it's, we're all going through it together. It's not something that, you know, I don't, I don't think that anybody can walk through this, this life and just say, oh yeah, that was just a
0: breeze. I had no issues. It's great. No, ever. And honestly, it's my motto in life that Fear is just a lack of self worth in disguise, and mm-hmm. you know the more that I dig into self worth and the more that I research it and educate myself, it's like they have opened up this Pandora's box that sometimes I get lost in because I truly believe now with everything that there is nothing that we c- that that isn't based on our worth. There's nothing that we struggle with or fear or doubt. There's nothing that we that we tell ourselves everything stems from a lack of self-worth. And you literally said it so perfectly when you said, I've always been led to believe that what I was going to do wasn't going to be good enough. It, mm-hmm. You live the fear that everybody else lives. Yep. And it is the reason I started focusing on self-worth was because the more I, I learned about it and the more I became you know, an expert in it, the more I realized that self-worth sits at the base of everything. Self-worth is something that will be the cause of your success or your failure. It will be the reason that you make something incredible of your life or you don't, because Mm -hmm. if you believe what you've been told and how you've been programmed, you will never be able to succeed. It's Mm -hmm. overcoming that that's, been programmed in you. And it's understanding that you are not what people expect of you. You are not the opinions of others, that the only thing that you can do is build on your own self worth to be able to create the life that you want to. And without self worth, we truly are just overcome with shame and guilt and depression and anxiety and all these these negative things because we don't think we're worthy of more than that. So right. self-worth is at the core of everything. And it's the reason why I'm so impassioned by it is because I feel that without it, we are set to fail.
1: Yeah, which makes it makes total sense, too. I mean, it really does. And it's it's incredible to me. Um, listening to other people's stories and, and even just, you know, taking the time to really think about my own. I mean, it, it it's, yeah, I mean, it's so true. And I'm just so glad that, you know, we have influencers and strong women like yourself that have taken that initiative to be you know be that light for people and to to be that reminder for people because again I think it's so easy to get caught up and in, in the comparison game and into your own into your own demons and dark places and I think that it's it's really hard to pull yourself out so the more positivity that we can bring into people's lives. And and you do that every single day so well. Oh, and yes. And yeah, I mean, I think it's just, like I said, I, I deal with it personally and I deal with it. You know, my husband and I have dealt with, um, you know, his depression and anxiety and he, it's funny because he's, he's a very type A, but he's also very creative at the same time. So we are also very opposite, but he has mm-hmm. this creative side to him that, I think is where a lot of his depression and anxiety comes from because mm-hmm. it's it's just uh, yeah, and it's it's really hard. I mean, it's it's hard to deal with it personally, and it's hard to deal with it as a spouse. So I just think the more that we get it out there and talk about it, you know, the more people that we can we can help. Absolutely. Yeah. So I. You know, like I said, I follow you on social media religiously. And so you – recently you have dealt with um, some bullying on on social media. And, you know, I mean, I think, you know, the people that are the most successful are the ones that do get those horrible comments and, you know, which is horrible – but it's the truth. I mean, mm-hmm. anybody that's doing anything right, I feel like is gonna is gonna deal with that. So um, I'd love to. I'd love for you to like tell our viewers the story of what happened and then kind of what happened uh, following that.
0: Sure. So I actually. Um got bullied by a private message. Um, So So classy. (laughs) So classy. So without too much detail, because I don't want to give up anything about anybody, but um, essentially I had asked a question um, in regards to an event and was met with just kind of a very backlandish sort of response. And, you know, at first I was a little bit upset because I was like, it's a simple question. Like it doesn't need to come with so much anger, but the more that I sat and sort of thought about it, the more I realized that people who bully are people who you have raised an insecurity in. So, you know, people are often quick to judge and quick to leave negative responses. And then the people who get bullied are often quick to get defensive and they're often quick to jump back down somebody else's throat. But The truth is, I think that in dealing with bullies, we honestly, we have to look at it from a space of love. And it's difficult, it's not an easy thing to do, but I just am not somebody who believes in matching hate with hate. And so, you know, I think for me that when I get picked on or somebody says something or, you know, people get defensive, it's because I've said something that has brought up an issue for them, whether it's Mm -hmm. a past trauma, whether it's an insecurity, whether it's a self-doubt. and as somebody who is a truth speaker uh, and a fairly honest one, I don't expect to get through this life without, you know, pissing somebody off. And, right. You know, the truth of it is it, it it's actually, to me, an opportunity to educate people. It's an opportunity for me to dig a little deeper into people's psyche and figure out why it's triggered them. You know, mm-hmm. even the other day I had made a post about, um, you know, it's okay to let go of people from your life who aren't a part of your growth. Mm-hmm. Um, and what I mean by that is that, you know, if you are in a toxic relationship, or if you have a friendship in your life, who every time you accomplish something, they compete with you instead of celebrate with you. Um, you know, it's okay to to let people go from your life that are toxic. Mm-hmm. I had a woman who felt um, the need to tell me that I thought that people were disposable. And Hmm. for anybody who knows me knows that it's quite the opposite for me. Um, I pride myself on connection. And so, you know, it was an opportunity for me to explain to her that, you know, people are not disposable. But we also do not belong in toxic relationships that make us doubt our self-worth. You know, it's not we don't need to stay in a space just because we don't want people to think that we think people are disposable. So I think that it just it raises questions within people it raises questions within themselves and for a lot of people I mean self-discovery is hard and a lot of people are scared of it you know they don't want to talk about it they don't want to dig deep into their own past and so I think you know it brings up a lot of hurt and for some people that hurt comes out in a form of anger so Mm -hmm. I look at it as a space as an opportunity to educate myself to educate you know perhaps that person um, Mm -hmm. and to get a chance to to do something different about it. So I just always remember that it's not really about me. It's about them. Yeah. So, you know, it's not really um, my problem. But I do know as a creative that um, this industry can be tough. And, Mm -hmm. you know, there's a lot of bullying that happens. And I think there's a lot of sort of clicky situations and people who end up maybe where they don't belong. And I think at the end of the day, you just, just do you. Just be who you are. Yeah. And, you know, if people don't love it, then they're not your people. Yeah, And you will find your people, but don't try to be something you're not because people can see through bullshit. And if you're trying to be something that you're not, you are going to find yourself in trouble because people are eventually going to realize who you really are. Mm -hmm. So just start with that. Just be who you are to start with. And if people don't like you for it, that's okay because it's not really about you. It's about them.
1: Yeah. And like I said, you know, I think that, anybody that is doing anything right, I think is going to get backlash because it definitely, like you said, it will bring up people's own insecurities. It will bring up people's demons. It will bring out, and and it's sad that it does come out in an in anger, um, but it, and it does take a, a strong person not to lash back out. And I think it comes with wisdom and maturity and, You know, we have a saying in the South, you know, bless your heart, you know, I mean, Mm -hmm. (laughs) bless their heart, you know, and, you know, you, it's just, it's just ridiculous. I think the internet is just full of people that live behind their computer screens and just you know prey on people who they feel are either have something that they don't or they're jealous or they're you know whatever their motive is behind their negativity and their you know just straight up rude comments um it's it's just i just feel like it's a it's a place for that and it's so sad that it is that but you know like i said you I mean i feel like it that means that you're doing Something right. If people are going, of course, you're going to have, you know, every now and again, a negative backlash about something that you're doing. But you know, if you didn't, then I feel like, you know, you wouldn't, you wouldn't grow from that experience.
0: Yeah, I think one thing people have to remember is that you know the internet can be dark, but at the same time, I think the trolls who come out of the darkness are really just people whose childhoods have been hurt and people mm -hmm. who are struggling with, you know immeasurable pain that they never dealt with and Mm -hmm. you know these people don't have perhaps anybody in their life to help or they don't have an outlet or they you know they they've not gone through this space of trying to heal and a lot of people stay stuck in trauma Um, a lot of people aren't able to see past it and they just want to find the darkness in the world and for some people they're not able to see the light and i've often been told that i am the light so i think maybe i'm a little bit scary to some people who don't want to find it in their lives and right. that's okay because some people just aren't there yet but i'm here for the people who are ready to get out of the darkness and right. so you know those who aren't ready yet that's okay you know maybe someday they will be in and, and they'll look back and think God, who was that blonde chick that had all that <laughs> motivational shit on her Instagram? I don't <laughs> find her.
1: <laughs> oh my gosh! And I'm sure you'll still be there. Gosh, you'll still be there. <laughs> you'll you'll reach your hand out and you'll say, "I'm here for you." Welcome, and exactly. welcome, mm-hmm. welcome to the light side. Yep. Yeah. Um, so just to kind of wrap up things, I'd love mm-hmm. for you to give some tips to women and creatives in general um you know five tips about finding your self-worth I mean if you have any if you have any you know wisdom on how you can you know tell the audience of how to do that
0: I have lots (laughs) oh okay so I'm gonna try to keep it short Um, okay so I do um number one I think is that You need to love yourself first. Um, As women, we have been programmed to believe that it's our job to serve, to serve other people, to take care of other people first. Um, You need to remember that self-love is not selfish. You have to be able to put yourself first because you cannot know your worth if you're not in love with who you are. Mm -hmm. Love who you are and what you're putting out there, and you're not completely inspired by yourself, you're never going to be able to know what you're worth to stand up for yourself if you're not in love with yourself. So my number one would be you need to love yourself first. Number mm-hmm. two is speak up. Knowing your worth is having the courage to ask for what you want. So it doesn't matter what that is, whether you're a mom and you need a night out with your kids, whether you're a photographer and you want to shoot somebody's wedding, somebody famous, whether you're you know, taking a chance on a new business opportunity, whether you want to attend a workshop and you don't know how to ask your spouse for the money or talk to him about it. Sorry, ladies, we don't ask. We just communicate. (laughs) Um, I think that, you know, you have to know what you want, but you have to have the courage to ask for it, to speak up about it. Because if you don't value yourself and you don't value where you want to go in life, you're not going to be able to find your worth if you're not willing to speak up for it. So speak up for yourself. That's a great one.
1: Love that. Number
0: three, uh, talk to yourself nicely. So this, again, goes back to our negative self-talk. It goes back to, um, you know, depression and anxiety and the things that we tell ourselves. But you have to watch your inner mental dialogue. Because if you don't speak to yourself kindly, you're not going to know your value. Um, You know, how you speak to yourself... It affects how you present yourself into the world. So if you are constantly telling yourself that you're not good enough, that you can't do that, that you're never going to succeed at it, you're not going to step out into your business, into the world, into your relationships with confidence. You're going to step back instead of stepping out. So you need to make sure that your mental dialogue is positive and that you are stepping into what you know you're meant to do. Number four is stop trying to live up to other people's expectations. You will struggle to find your self-worth if you are basing your worth on what other people expect of you. You need to be able to stand confidently in your own choices, knowing what you want for your life and knowing that what you desire is what you deserve. There's a reason that something sits on your heart instead of trying to do the job your parents told you you had to instead of having the kids your spouse tells you you should instead of having the career that your family believes is what you're supposed to do you have to stop trying to live up to what other people expect of you and you have to start doing what sits on your heart because it's there for a reason whether you are religious or a universe person or whatever your your space is that that message is from a higher power and it sits there telling you that because you need to listen to it so Stop trying to be what other people expect you to be and start being who you're supposed to be. Number five mm. is assess your circle. Pay attention to the people you're spending time with. You know, Do they support your growth? Do they encourage you? Your worth should never be determined by somebody else, but it should also never be diminished by somebody else. So toxic relationships make it impossible for us to see what we're worth. They make it impossible for us to believe anything other than what we're told. So you have to make sure that you surround yourself with people who encourage you and who love you and who see you for what you're worth. Because sometimes even those of us that are full of what seems to be self-confidence, even I still cry on the bathroom floor from time to time. And it's my husband who is the person who picks me up off the bathroom floor because he sees my worth on the days that I can't. But if I was with somebody who didn't, they would make sure I stayed on that bathroom floor. So you need to make sure that you surround yourself with people who have the ability to pick you up when you can't or who can be your support system because sometimes you need that the most. So pay attention to who you're surrounding yourself with. Make sure that you're surrounded by love and understanding and people who support your success and who want to see you grow, um, who don't feel the need to compete with you or cut you down. So make sure that the people that you are with are full of love for you. Oh, my
1: gosh. Stacey, that was so good. (laughs) Oh, my God. I mean... You have found your calling, sister, because that was so great. I mean, and I hope that our audience puts this on replay because I feel like, you know, I have those uh, certain certain things that I listen to or watch when I'm having a really shitty day, and this is going to be one of them because I'm going to replay this back, and I'm going to be like, damn it, <laughs> Stacey's right. Like, <laughs> I hate when she's right. I hate when she's right, but she's so Right, and I mean, God, those five are. I mean, every single one of them could be standalone, and I mean, we could probably do a whole podcast on every single one of them. Which you are your your podcast
0: is coming out soon. Yeah, it launches March first. Um, and it will be a combination of, um, essentially interviewing women who have overcome trials in life to, you know, create success. And it will also be what's called 20 minute power motivation sessions. So it's going to be sort of that kick in the ass you need on a Monday morning. Um, it will be just me on the microphone, empowering you to, Go get it to get what you're worth and to know what you stand for and to, you know, essentially take those five points and, and plug it into women's minds first thing on a Monday morning because I just believe that we're not told enough how much we deserve. So um there will be that yeah. as well. So yeah, it'll launch on the first of March.
1: Oh my gosh, I'm so excited for that. That's going to be absolutely incredible. And any, what, uh, so do you have any fun speaking engagements that people could find you at? Yeah. So
0: for the creative industry, particularly photographers, I will be at hybrid collective in March. Um, I am there speaking about overcoming your fear and what fear really is. Um, which obviously you all know, my belief is that fear is just self-worth in disguise. So, um, I will be there speaking about that. And then at the end of March, I get to travel off to England. I will be at the fine art wedding retreat, um, speaking to the ladies there about honoring your story, um, and creating your brand and your life around, you know, honoring where you come from.
1: Oh girl, I'm so proud of you. I just can't even stand it. That's so incredible. Really. And I hope that, I hope that you are proud of yourself because, I mean, you definitely deserve it. And it's just so, it's been so amazing to watch you transform and just listening to you throughout this past, you know, hour talking. I mean, I feel like I could,
0: I'm like, all right, I'm going to get off this <laughs> podcast. I'm going to go conquer the world, man. I got Good. this. Honestly, <laughs> so. I think it's so funny. And it's such a, like, it's such an honor to get to chat with you because the first time you heard me speak was at Vero. And, it was the first time that I'd spoken and it was obviously on a completely different topic. And, you know, I felt, I've often felt since then that I never really got the opportunity to serve your audience to the best of my ability because I hadn't really stepped into my purpose yet. So, um, Mm -hmm. I hope this is a little bit of redemption for that. Um,
1: you know, I feel
0: like it's an opportunity for people who listen to you and who follow you and who admire who you are. Um, because who you are is incredible. And, you know, from the second I stepped into um, Nashville, I felt welcomed and loved. And so I hope oh, that, good. You know that what you put into the world, um, you may never really realize the impact you have on people, but your impact is huge. And so don't ever stop doing what you do because you do it with so much love and so much grace. So uh, I hope that, you know, that oh.
1: Oh, well, thank you. It means a lot coming from you. I feel like you're now gonna be my my guru of um, all of my emotional baggage. Go so ahead. you're welcome. <laughs> not,
0: I don't mind it at all.
1: <laughs> well, Stacey, thank you so much for coming on today. I appreciate you so much. You're and I cannot even wait to see what the future has for you. Thank you, honey. It was a pleasure. Yes. And I can't wait for your podcast. Thank you. I'll be I will be the first to subscribe, Aww, so I appreciate it. It'll that. be good. Yes, girl. Well, I will keep up with you, and I wish you all the best. And let uh,
0: tell our listeners where
1: they can find sure. you. So
0: I'm on Instagram. I'm pretty easy to find. I'm just the Stacey Foley. Um, same website address, same Facebook. Uh, keep it nice and simple. And the podcast, when it launches in March, will be called Living Courageously. Um, so you can find us on iTunes and Spotify and all the great places that we can put ourselves
1: amazing. Well, thank you so much. Hopefully we will have you back at Vero so that I can give you a huge God, hug. Love that. And yes. And, um, until then stay, keep, keep doing what you're
0: doing. And, uh, I will touch base with you soon. Sounds great, honey. I love you and I adore you and I will talk I, to you soon. I, I love you so much. I'll talk okay. to you soon.